Will you hear? Yes. Will you receive? Yes. Will you be getting more faith? Will you be, uh, you know, um, uh, establishing your heart on your most holy faith? Amen. Will you be learning? Absolutely. Will you begin, will you increase in your trust in God? Yes. Will you increase in opening your heart to receive from him? Yes. Amen. Because every interaction with God is through the heart. Amen. We'll say it over and over again. Every interaction with God is through the heart because we're made in his image and in his likeness. We are spirits first. And though healing has to do with our physical body, he goes through your spirit to heal your body. He goes through your heart to heal your body. That's why it requires faith. Amen. Amen. Uh, To go to the hospital, they're going to treat your flesh. Amen. That's the tools that they use. They treat flesh. Amen. But even though you have a flesh issue in your body that's causing maybe sickness or disease or pain, God doesn't go through your flesh to heal you. God goes through your spirit to heal you. This is a spiritual position, a spiritual operation. Glory to God. And to be honest with you, I've got way more confidence in that. Amen. I've got more confidence in that because I already know the healer. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so we're already on the advantage side of the whole thing. I said, we're already on the advantage side of the whole thing. Praise the Lord. So I want to encourage you, each and every time that we come, I believe that God's going to build some things. Uh, We had the opportunity in Alabama we used to live in Alabama, and then we, had a, we have a relationship with the church in Madison, Alabama, Huntsville area, where we did meetings like this every quarter for a couple of years. We did a Friday night meeting, and it built in momentum, and it built in expectation. And so uh, we're thrilled to be able to do some things with a more regular basis right here, close to home is even nicer for us, you know. And so, uh, but I believe that there are some things over the course of time even Amen. That you will build your trust and build your faith in God. Amen. Hallelujah. Some folks actually kind of need to approach God in small doses. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I don't, I'm not saying that God has to portion things out in small doses, but sometimes our approach, we need to take an approach with God that we just take steps. Amen. Because you have to establish your heart in believing him. And so sometimes folks who come to God with an all or nothing mentality, with an all or nothing approach, are actually coming most of the time with a, a, a more like from their head and not really from their spirit. They're coming from a standpoint of knowledge of what God can do. Therefore, if God can do it, it ought to happen to me instantly. And if I don't get it instantly, I didn't get anything. So that all or nothing is a mentality. It's not a heart approach to God. Amen? And so folks who have had that attitude, I want to help you tonight. Folks who have had that kind of approach to God where, well, I'll know it if I get it all in one time. That's not, an, that's not an attitude of faith, to be honest. That's a heady approach to God. And so in that case, you might need to take some smaller steps and get small victories. Amen. Particularly if what you've been dealing with is not life-threatening. Amen. Not time-sensitive. Amen. If you've got chronic disorders, for example, if you've got things that you have just kept coming up against, take some small doses and small bites, if you will, and get small victories and begin to build your confidence in him. That your connection point is in trusting him. You get a victory, you celebrate your victory. You celebrate that victory, I got it. 
I'm doing better in this area. I'm able to eat this when I couldn't eat that before. Or I'm able to move this way without pain. I'm able to sleep better. I'm able to, those things that have, have had an issue and an effect on your life. And you start just getting your victories going, yep, God's faithful. Praise the Lord. I can go the next step. I can go the next step. Praise God. And when we have meetings of some regularity, we can also start monitoring some pace. Amen. And we can see the victories and celebrate the victories, glory to God, and watch one another grow in God as well. Hallelujah. Amen. And so I believe there will be some momentum. Now, God, like I said, has a lot of ways to get healing to us. And as Pastor said, he's educated this church well, taught this church well. There is a culture of healing in this church. Amen. I said there's already a culture of healing in this church because you know the healer. Praise the Lord. But because there are different methods of healing, uh, for example, there are, uh, in in my kind of uh, research, if you will, I've got five categories. There may be more, but I kind of put things in categories, and then sometimes they blend and work together. But uh, one of the main ways that we see in God's Word is in James, the fifth chapter, is any among you sick or afflicted? Let him pray, right? Is anyone among you married? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, right? Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil, the prayer of faith, will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Good news, right? I said, that's good news. Amen. Call for the elders of the church, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Glory to God. Amen. Now, uh, that's one of the primary ways you see in the local church. One of the primary ways that you call for the elders of the church, pastor, for example, or someone he may appoint. Sometimes we have prayer teams, you know, and we'll agree in prayer or, or you know, the prayer faith. We'll, we'll sometimes put out a, a, an email post, let's, let's lift up so-and-so, right? right? Amen. And so we know that works. It works. I said it works. Amen. Glory to God. Now, when you call for the elders of the church, for people who have been educated and for people who have, have found out uh, so many truths in the Word of God concerning healing, sometimes that is a stumbling block to call for the elders of the church. Sometimes, the reason I say it's a stumbling block, for some people they think, well, I shouldn't have to call for the elders of the church. I should just be able to get this on my own. And for them, it's a stumbling block because they think, well, but I haven't gotten it on my own. So if I call for the elders of the church now, I'm backing up. I'm taking a a lower position. I'm weak. And it's an admission to them of some weakness. But the Bible clearly says if you're afflicted, And really what that means is if you're beyond helping yourself. If you're beyond helping yourself, call for the elders of the church. That's a statement of faith. That's a position of faith. It's not a position of weakness. It's a position of faith because you believe that when you call for the elders of the church, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. There is no inferior way to receive healing from God. Let me say it again. There is no inferior way of receiving from God. Amen. But one of the important things is to keep your heart open to all of the ways that God heals. Amen. Just the same as a stumbling block could be for someone to say, well, I'd be backing up if I called for the elders. And some, for, for that person, they, they think, well, it's a position of weakness, <laughs> although it's not. Amen? But if it is in your mind, it is. It is. Amen? Yeah. We know that, right? Yeah. You're following me on that. Yeah. So uh, at the same time, for you to say, I'm going to get it this way, is also not a good place to be. 
Because God may be speaking to your heart about something, and you're going, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm standing, I'm going to get it this way. I'm, And that's not a good approach either. Amen. So really, we've just got to keep our heart open to the many ways that God delivers healing to us when we're believing Him. We're not believing in methods. We're believing in Him. And when our attention is on Him, any method is fine. Amen. And so calling for the elders of the church is a method. Uh, Mark chapter 16, when Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Amen? That's another method. That's not the same method as, as James chapter 5. It sounds similar because there's a laying on of hands. Amen? But in Mark 16, there's no mention of prayer. It just said... These signs will follow them that believe in my name. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It didn't say pray for them. So prayer's not always necessary. Right? In the name of Jesus. So you see, there's already, there's two methods that are similar but different. Amen. Then there's also manifestations of the Spirit of God Uh, Gifts of healings, working of miracles as God wills, some things that God initiates, amen? And many times, even with gifts and manifestations of the Spirit, it's not that we have to wait for those to manifest in order to be healed. Many times, it's an answer to the prayer you already prayed. Many times, especially in a church with, with saved people. Now, a lot of times, words of knowledge and gifts of healings manifest for people who know nothing about anything. God reaches out. Just, just His goodness just reaches out to us. But for believers, many times, a manifestation of the Spirit comes as an answer to you already saying, I believe in God. And He'll deliver it that way. Interesting thought, though, you still have to respond. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And once again, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna knock down the stumbling blocks tonight. Is that all right? Amen. So we can get some momentum going here. Praise the Lord. Amen. So in response to words of knowledge and gifts of healings and working of miracles and those type of things that work in, in, uh, 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 in symphony, if you will, with the way the Holy Spirit's moving in a service, and many times work together, you know, with. So uh, many times, though, the response to it, uh, when there's a word of knowledge and a believer is to respond, many times the stumbling block in that instance would be that the believer thinks, if I respond now, I'm saying I wasn't already in faith. Because it took the minister to get something to me. Well, I can't do it now. I'm already believing God. So that can't be for me. (laughs) So once again, we've got to open our heart to all the ways, humble ourselves to receive from God and not think that any one way is better or weaker than another way to receive. We were at a church, uh, uh, I mean, a praying church, praying. They were praying for a move of God, believing for a move of God, and, and we were ministering healing. And uh, so we had a word of knowledge for something very common, actually. It was uh, something to do with knees, that God, wanted, God was healing knees and wanted to heal knees. And uh, no one responded. Now, you could pretty much just say it in a grocery store and five people will respond, you know. People have issues with knees, right? But God was reaching out, amen, reaching out, and yet no one responded. Well, uh, by this time, I'm pretty comfortable with the way God uses me, and so I knew he was speaking to me about it, so I said it again. Still nothing. Well, we went on uh, because if nobody's responding, we're going to have to move on some way, you know, and, uh, you know, I, could I miss it? Of course I could. 
But I'm also, again, very comfortable and very used to the way he uses me, so I was pretty sure I didn't miss it. So we, de- we decided to then just kind of minister in a general way to people who needed healing that night. And so Kevin and I just walked out into the congregation and had people raise their hand if they needed healing. And so we were just walking around, and the first person, what they, what'd they need? Knees. Knees. Yeah. Yeah. Second person, guess what? The first, I think, seven or eight people had issues with their knees. And uh, up in my spirit, you know, because we we just want to help. We just want to help people. I said, you know, to the congregation, I said, you've been praying for a move of God, and he's moving. (laughs) But if you don't respond, it's as if he's not moving. Amen. And so even where where these kinds of manifestations of the Spirit are in, in, in uh, you know, in manifestation, um, these kinds of gifts of the spirits are in manifestation, we need to respond by faith. Every interaction with God is by faith. Amen. There will be some use of faith in every method that God uses to heal us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Another way that God manifests and and uses uh, and delivers healing power is by people who have a special call to that area. A special anointing. We call them a special anointing to minister to the sick, which sometimes we'll call a tangible healing anointing. Very often I minister that way as well with a tangible healing anointing where I can actually feel it in my own hands when I minister. Praise the Lord. And so that's another way that God ministers or delivers healing to us. One of the ways we're probably very familiar with is like this, uh, the, um, the centurion who came to Jesus, right, on behalf of his servant. When he said, you don't even have to come to my house. Just speak the word, right, and my servant will be healed. And we know what Jesus' response was to that, don't we? What did he say about that man? How great was his faith. Amen. And it wasn't even for him. It was for somebody else. He took it for somebody else. Amen. But he said this in response to that, what we call great faith. And don't we all aspire to great faith? Amen. So uh, in response to that, though, if you see the explanation of what great faith really is, it was a military man who lives his life by orders. Right? He said, I'm a soldier, and I have soldiers under me. I'm a man under authority, and I have those under me. If I say to this one, go, and he goes, I say to that one, come, and he comes, right? I live by, that's what military people do. They live by orders. If they get an order, their superior officer considers it done. Isn't that right? Amen. If they give an order, to, they consider it done to the next person. You have to live by orders. And that's what this man did. When he told Jesus, he said, you don't have to come. Just give the order. Just give the order. The problem with that, the stumbling block, if you will, to that area of receiving healing is many people know a lot of the word, but they don't live by orders. <laughs> They don't live by orders most of their life. When God says this, they don't do it. They consider it. They think about it. And if it's easy or convenient, they might do it. But then when it comes to their healing, they go, well, I'm going to stand. I'm standing. And they've done no more to stand in the last six months. And now this has come. And they're finding that they're not making the connection and then they're, now they, they're back to call for the elders. Oh, now I'm weak. And now we're, I'm done. So now you need an evangelist to come. <laughs> right? So have you located yourself yet? <laughs> have you found where you might have been maybe a time or two yourself? 
Sure, we all have. The good news is he meets us at our level of faith. He meets faith. I said he meets faith. Amen. Praise God. And he, uh, he loves faith. He loves faith. Any amount. Any amount of faith. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so we know that this coming to hear and to be healed is so important because Romans, the 10th chapter and the 17th verse, you're very familiar, says that faith comes this way by hearing. hearing. Amen. And I will just call your attention to it. It comes by hearing him and what he says. It doesn't just come by reading. It's not a mechanical effort. This is a personal connection with God. That's what faith is. It's a personal response to what he says and a personal trust to what he says. Amen? Which is why we say that every interaction is through the heart. Hallelujah. So it's a personal response to him. So faith comes when you hear what he says. I like another translation that says this, and we consider that faith is awakened, awakened by the message. And the message that awakens it is the preaching of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And so there is a place in every believer in your heart when you hear and accept, accept, accept truth. Faith wakes up. Faith wakes up. Hallelujah. So it's not a matter of accumulating faith by reading more, confessing more, and hearing more, and just playing the scriptures over and over again, although none of that hurts. But that in itself, just the mechanical act of hearing and hearing and hearing, is not what produces faith. What produces faith is you opening your heart to him and saying, I hear you. I hear you. You're actually talking to me, speaking to me through the Word and through the Holy Spirit in my spiritual ears. Amen. Hallelujah. Because once your heart is open to God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. But every time we approach only with our mind and only with our brain, we lack the connection. Faith comes when you hear Him. Faith comes when you hear him. It's not a matter of accumulating faith like you have to accumulate money to buy for your healing. It's not like it's going to cost $50,000 for a new truck. It's not like uh, how much faith will it take to get this miracle? How much, how much scripture do I have to listen to? How many, how many series of healing do I have to listen to till I have enough faith to give back to you to get my miracle? It's not currency. It's a heart response and a trust response. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Introduction. (laughs) So in these meetings, anything can happen. Any method. Amen. He's already given me some things. To, uh, to minister to you tonight. In my prayer time today, he was highlighting some things. I often will uh, pray before services, and I'll just, even in my own time, just uh, quiet my mind and just start going from the head to the toes and just start calling things out to the Lord. Just things, mechanisms of the body and areas of the body, and I'll just start bringing them up to the Lord. And very oftentimes, he'll just highlight some things that he wants to do as a result. Glory to God. So uh, I've already written some things down. Hallelujah. He already knows who's here. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, say, Jesus, we exalt you. (laughs) Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I, I, I feel like we want to just drop off a little bit to you tonight. Go with me to Acts, the third chapter. Praise the Lord. Acts, the third chapter. 
And uh, many of you, I'm just reminding of some things I know. We've got mostly home folks here tonight. Anybody here visiting uh, tonight that you're, this isn't your home church? Glad you're here. Thank you for coming. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you for coming. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're so glad you're here. We're going to have more and more folks coming from all over the place to come to these meetings. The pastor is provided. Hallelujah. Oh, a house of healing. Glory to God. So Acts, the third chapter, starting in the first verse, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Peter and John. This isn't Jesus. This is Peter and John. Amen. This is after the resurrection, after Pentecost. Amen. This is Peter and John. Went up together at the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. He was there every day. Every day. Lame from birth. So when Jesus was in Jerusalem, the times that Jesus was in Jerusalem, he would have seen this man. He would have passed by him. If he was there every day, they laid him there every day. Everybody knew who he was because he was there every day right? This isn't a stranger. This is somebody people knew because he was there every day. And so Peter and John are going up to the temple, and he's there begging alms every day, every day. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Good start. Amen. Expecting to receive something from them. Now, we've already kind of talked about some of the stumbling blocks, so you should already be past those. And you should be already in the expecting to receive something mode. Amen. And really, we can all get better at receiving. Amen. Christmas is coming. You got to get good at receiving. Isn't that right? Uh, there, there's just some times where uh, many times people aren't very good at receiving. Do you know anybody? You try to do something for them, like, no, no, I got this. No, no. You know, the last time we were here, we were very good at receiving. We were so good at receiving unexpected things yet expected at the same time, expected from God, unexpected from you. <laughs> and so because we were expecting from God, we had to be good at receiving in a way that we weren't expecting. Some of you don't know what we were talking about. I was believing God for a MacBook so I could write my first book. I'm on my way. Glory to God. Amen. And uh, we got two of them. I mean to tell you, we got two of them while we were here through the generosity of this church and individuals in this church. And uh, so I had already believed God for the thing. I didn't know where it was coming from. I didn't know how it was going to come. I couldn't say, oh, no, I'm believing God for this. Don't give me that MacBook. I'm believing God. Well, he's, this is how he's given it to us, right? Amen. So I go, thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise Amen. Lord. Now, it is a humbling thing to receive. It is. There's really no two ways about it. When somebody is generous for no other reason than they're generous, because it's not something you did for them that made them do something for you. And so to just receive freely when you didn't already do something for somebody else, that's humbling. And some people aren't good at it. No, let me do something for you. No, let me do, let me do, let me do. That's not how God works. Amen. So you've got to be willing to just receive. 
And so this man, though he thought he was going to receive money because that's what he was asking for, he at least was in a place of expectation. Expecting to receive something from them. Amen. And then Peter had to go and say, I don't have money. (laughs) Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, what I do have, let me say it again. Peter knew he had something. Peter knew he was in possession of something that he could give away. I have something. Not I'm using something. I've borrowed something. I have something I can actually give you. I, uh, I like it personally. Maybe you do too. I'm guessing you probably do. I kind of like it when I get extra spending money. Right? We call it spending money. right? I like spending money. It's not budget money. It's not money for bills. It's spending money. There's a purpose behind this money, and it's for spending. And this is basically what Peter's saying. I have something. I have something I can give you. I can do with it what I want. If I'm in possession of something, I can absolutely do what I want with it. If I have something extra, more than what I need, I can give it away. Right? I can give all kinds of stuff away if I want to. If I'm in possession of it, if I own it, I can do with it what I want. Peter said, I have something. I have something to give you. That's pretty bold. And this is a man that was lame from birth. This is the first example we have after the resurrection of Jesus. They didn't pick something easy. You know what we would consider easy. They picked a well-known person. Lame from birth. Let's just uh, take this out for a test drive. What do you say? That's bold. Look at us. I have something I can give you. Have something. What did he have? He had the name of Jesus. The name. The name. Of Jesus. He said, I don't have silver and gold to give you, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, see if you can get up. No. <laughs> I love this house. I love this house. <laughs> he didn't say, see if you can get up. He said, can you tell any difference? Can you, can you see? I have something I can give you. I have something I can give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. And then he grabbed him. These insensitive, mean preachers. (laughs) Making people do stuff. If you were here the last time we were here, we were making people do some stuff. Amen. Amen. Why? In response in response to the power of God being ministered, amen, not to see if something has happened. 
Because we already know what we gave you. We already know what we're giving you. Glory to God. But that amount or that, that, that element, I should say, of your part is the response in trust and in faith to what God has said. We meet that where we are. Glory to God. Amen. God will meet your faith. He's not holding up your, your healing to see how high you can jump for it. He's just saying, if you'll respond, I'm there. I meet you. So he grabbed him by the hands, by the hand, and the Bible says his feet and ankle bones received strength. Received. Received strength. Glory to God. And he got up and began to jump around. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 12. So when Peter saw it, the people started coming running around. He responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Now in verse 4, he said, look at us. Now he's going, don't look at us. <laughs> look at us. No, don't look at us. Don't look at us like we did it. And we had something to give, but we know where it came from. Not by our own godliness. Not by our own power. Amen. Amen. But make no mistake, there was power and there was godliness. But it didn't originate with Peter and John. Something happened when Jesus died, was buried, and was resurrected from the dead. And when he was raised up, I'm telling you, something happened. We got his righteousness. We got his power. So not by our own godliness, not by our own powers made this man to walk. But verse 16 says, his name, his name, through faith, trust in his name has made this man walk right in front of you. Right in front of you. God is not afraid of doing it right in front of us. Amen. He doesn't have to go behind closed doors to heal people. Although there were a few instances where Jesus took people away from the crowd. Amen. I totally understand after being in the healing ministry for some time, I totally understand the times that Jesus had to take people away from the church. (laughs) Not so here. Amen. Not so here. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. In In the next chapter of Acts, in chapter 4, uh, continuing to preach, Peter said, there is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 11. Amen. And verse 12. Glory to God. What gave him that kind of boldness, though? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That was a, that was a huge factor because Jesus said that you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes on you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, Anybody thankful for the power? Oh, I'm thankful for the power. But go with me to John's gospel, the 14th chapter. (laughs) Don't get out of the class, Pastor Lisa. (laughs) She's right there with me. Praise the Lord. One of the reasons they had such boldness was because faith comes by what again? Hearing. Hearing. Yes. They had a word. They, did. they had a word from God. Yeah. I said they had a word from yes. God. Yes. They had a word from God. The boldness comes because of faith. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. You can, because you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and have the power but no boldness. Yeah. I know a whole lot of people like that. We have the power, but it's not activated. It never explodes. When I was growing up, uh, I lived in Wisconsin. And in Wisconsin, around the 4th of July, we had a, a family cottage that we would go to up on, uh, in Green Bay area of Wisconsin. And, and uh, on the 4th of July, we loved playing with firecrackers. And uh, my brother and sister and my cousins and We'd all uh, we'd go to the beach there on the on the bay, 
and uh, never failed. There were always dead fish that would uh, just wash up on the beach, sometimes these really big carp. And uh, so we would get a couple of firecrackers. Okay, maybe five. And twist the fuses together and put them inside the fish's mouth, put seaweed on it and sticks and dress it all up real good. And somebody would light it and we'd run. <laughs> you know why we ran, right? <laughs> yeah, fish guts. So, but the worst part was when there was a dud. Yeah, see, you know. Well, what's a dud? It's something that's supposed to explode but doesn't. <laughs> so there's a lot of people filled with the Holy Spirit and never explode. So Peter said in, in, in Acts chapter 3, verse 16, it's the name and faith in the name that has made this man walk. The name and faith in the name. Where did they get faith in the name? Right here in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. In verse 6, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said, have I been with you so long, and yet have you not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father, has seen the Father. You know, so many times uh, in the day that we're living in now, some people are like, well, if I could just see Jesus, you know. How do you connect with someone you can't see? Well, Jesus did it all the time. He pointed everybody to the Father who they couldn't see. He pointed everyone to the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. He goes, no, if you've seen me, you've seen him. You don't need to see, you've already seen me, you've seen him. Yeah. Right. So in reality, you have to use your imagination even there. Amen. Right? They had to accept that as truth. That if they'd seen Jesus, he said, you've already seen the Father. He goes on to say, believe me, or excuse me, do, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, will he do also, and greater works than these will he do because. Everybody say because. Because, because what? Because I go to the Father. <clears throat> Notice he said because I go to the Father, not just after I go to the Father. He's not just talking about a sequence of events. After I'm gone, you're going to do this. He says, but because I'm gone. Because I'm gone, I'll do this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, will he do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask, so when he goes to the Father, it changes everything. Changes everything. Amen. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, just for clarification here, most of you probably already know this, but I'll clarify it for you anyway. Here in this 14th chapter of John, he's not talking about praying. The contest, context is the works. God's been doing the works, and I've been doing the works in his name, right? I, I do, I, I do it. He is the one in me doing the works. The Father and I are one. 
you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's the one doing the works. And if you believe in me, the works that I do, will you do also whatever you ask? Amen? So looking up those, I love looking up words and their original meanings. The word ask there means to demand or call for. To demand or call for. This isn't prayer. In another place in John's gospel, the 16th chapter, he talks about praying and asking for things in his name. Amen. That's different than this. He said, whatever you call for in my name, I will do. Not grant. Do. We're not granting a request. We're doing the works of Jesus in his name. Whatever you call for. So that's what Peter did. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He called for something. He called for it. Get up in Jesus' name. He didn't say, Lord, we ask you to touch this man right now. We're just asking you to touch his body, give him strength in his legs. That's another method. Not an inferior or superior, just another method. But what they did here in Acts chapter 3 was the word they got in John chapter 14. Uh Well, Jesus has gone to the Father now. Let's get this going. Look at us. We have something we can give you now. We just got this not very long ago. We got the name. We got the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. We got his name. Woo! We got his name. We got his name. He got his name by inheritance, Hebrews says. Amen. By his obedience, by his willingness to do the will of the Father, by his willingness to die that horrible death and to go to hell and to, re- to redeem us and be resurrected. Amen. Because he went through all of it because he did it. God has given him a name which is above every other name. Glory to God. So when we say the name of Jesus, we're not just recalling his gospel name even. What he did while he was here working the works in the gospel. We're we're calling on his conquering name. His resurrected name. Glory to God. The finished work in the name of Jesus. He's already done it. Glory to God. Not just, well, you healed somebody over here. Will you heal them here? Lord, you healed the blind eyes back then. Would you heal them now? No, we're calling for, because of the finished work and what he already did, we're calling for it. We're receiving it now in the name of Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. His conquering name. Everybody say his conquering name. (laughs) This is not a memorial service. He's not dead. (laughs) Can't use a dead man's name. Mm, He's alive. He's alive. Hallelujah. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Glory to God. And he said, whatever you call for, once I am resurrected, once I go to my Father, whatever you call for in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're not just signing off the end of our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. We're not just throwing his name at something. No, it's his conquering, finished work name, his resurrected name. Hallelujah. And it carries all that he did for us. Not by our own godliness or by our own power, but because of his, that great exchange that we made with him. Now, when we believe on him, the same works that he did, we will do also. Come on, say his name again. Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> he's here. I said he's here. He is here. Wherever two or three gather together in my name, he said, I am. I'm there. I'm with you. If you could see him with your physical eyes tonight, 
would that change your approach to receiving? Sure. Sure. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I could confidently say, if you've seen me, you've seen him. I don't say it arrogantly. I say it absolutely humbly because he's in me. Amen. If you've seen me, you've seen him. So when we minister to you by the laying on of hands, it's really Jesus touching you because he said, whatever you call for, I will do it. I will do it. Glory to God. Amen. So if you could see him with your physical eyes, it would be going, I don't know. Sure so, I sure hope something happens tonight. I sure, sure would be nice if, if they had something to give me. But if you could see him, you'd be going, oh, 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 oh. oh yeah. This is, this is my night. Yeah, amen. This is my night. Hallelujah. Whose night is it tonight? Whose night is it? Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you and magnify you. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus, we exalt you in this place. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.